Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Toast and Happy Tuesday. Hi. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, hope everyone's having a great day. I'm so excited. I started to say a bunch of different things, but hope everyone's having a great day. I'm so excited to be sitting down with my girl, Jax. Hey, La Turd. Hey, Ja Turd. How you doing? By the way, I'm La Turd, your Ja Rule. Totally. I'm doing well. A lot going on. I can't believe it's only Tuesday. Thanks for reminding me. I feel like yesterday was just jam-packed. Also, my mind is a little bit elsewhere right now because I'm reading a book for the Redheads called Strange Sally Diamond. Have you heard about it? I saw it on another Redheads Instagram story, Rebecca Rittenberg, uh, excuse me, Mince, uh, saying that it was amazing. It's really good, but like, Should I add it to my list? It, add it to your list. What's it called? Strange Sally Diamond. It's very much like pulls you in and it's hard to mentally be elsewhere while that's a I'm good in the book. middle of it. Yeah, that's a good book. So it's very good. We're recording tomorrow and I'll be finished with the book sometime today. 384 and pages I'm in. I'm very much like in the headspace of the book. Of course, I'll be getting out of it in two seconds once we start talking about whatever nonsense is on deck today. But that's kind of where I'm at. Love that. That's always like a good sign of a good book that like you literally like are in that universe. Like you dream about the book. Yeah, but you, this isn't really a book like you want to be dreaming about. It's a little oh. spooky, scary skeletons. But oh. the way that it's written makes it takes the spook out of it a little bit. Well, I'm going to read it. But next up on my list is um, Tattooist of Auschwitz. Like I've never read it. And it's like classic classic book for the girlies you know yeah. the girlies love that book so actually what was so exciting about that is that when we were on our trip the house that we were staying in had like a bunch of bookshelves and they had like some pretty good books on it and they had the tattooist of Auschwitz so I just took it but I put a book back I put the this book that I read that you had bought me from the local bookstore called the uh the other half yeah which was, it was fine I put that on the, the shelf and took tattooist of Auschwitz you think that's okay I do it's an exchange though I will say their books they didn't have a lot it was just like one bookshelf but the books that I had read that were on the shelf were all fire books so it made me feel like every other book that they had that I hadn't read I would also really like because every book that they had that I had read is was a five-star book and that's like how rental houses work like hotels do that too right they have like bookshelves where it's like the honor system you give and you take it's such a cute idea they didn't say that that's how this house they was working they and didn't I don't think it was because clearly the same person had chosen all of these books and I don't think the tattooist of Auschwitz and the other half are congruous equal it's not an equal trade but it's okay sure and also then now technically like tattooist of Auschwitz is shorter and it was paperback and yours was longer and hardcover so you gave them a more expensive book so true. The monetary value cannot be overlooked here. The fiscal side of things. Yes, but the emotional value, the the mental Yeah. Value. But also the book, I took it, like it's red. Like it's worn. It's scratched. It's, you know, the pages are crinkled. Like somebody lived and loved this book and now it's time to pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. I need to pick. I have the next choice for the Redheads, but I'm so out of the loop on reading mm. right now. Like right now I just read whatever the Redheads book is and then maybe like one other book Mm -hmm. during the month of something that I've seen that I like but I have like no idea what's popping I need to do a little bit of research I was actually maybe gonna ask you for a recommendation me because you just read like 10 books anything in there that we should be oh, reading for the reddits yeah, but you have to give me like guidance like what five star book five star book I read two unbelievable thrillers share don't let her stay and Behind Closed Doors. I think I would select Behind Closed Doors. Is Don't Let Her Stay by Peter Weber's mom? Don't let her go. go. <laughs> no, very close though. 
Okay. Those are the two from my trip that were probably, or if you, I know you guys just did a celebrity memoir, but not enough people are talking about Mike the Situation's book. I keep trying to get people to read it. It sounds so silly, like on the surface, like Mike the Situation wrote a memoir. It's incredible. Perhaps, though we just did a memoir and I just I know. read Elon. So I'm ready for some fiction. You said, what was the other book? Don't Let Her Stay and... Uh, Behind Closed Doors. I don't know if I want like a thriller thriller because that's always like a good book. You safe. know, it's, it's really safe, but it's not like the best for a book club Like, because there's not that much themes and overarching mm. messaging to discuss. It's just like, were you spooked or no? Yeah, no. Like, did you guess the plot or did you not? Were you spooked? Yes or no? Are you still texting bitches? Yes or no? I love that that's come back into the fore this week. That's the thing about the toast and about just like pop culture in general. It's like you really never know what's going to hit you and when. And when is the bigger question? Because that hit Somebody, us. Somebody, wait, I was actually thinking six years, years ago. ago. I was thinking this in the cab yesterday. of something we've been saying recently that's like so random. Shit, wait. It, just give me two seconds. Okay. I don't know. It's like not even close to coming to me. Okay. But it'll come to me. What was the thought? It, you were thinking something you were saying is so random. Like this like phrase we've been using, like it's so random and so not even recent, but we've been saying it so much recently. We need the week? No, no. It was like a pop culture thing. Very similar to Are You Still Texting Bitches? Okay. I'm sure we'll come back around to it. Whatever. Um, we've got a great show today. We've got stories. We've got things in which to discuss oh I went to the Mean Girls movie premiere last night you know it's a story so maybe you oh. could share your personal yeah, yeah, yeah. experience in the I'll story wait. and that would so kind I'll of add value to the stories because it's like oh we had a reporter on the ground so I'll just shut the fuck up is what you want me to say I would say table it is what I would say table it slash shut the fuck up I would never tell you to do that because I know you couldn't they try they try and they try and they try. Do they even try? To get me to shut the fuck up. It's a futile effort. But I can't. Like some things in life are just guaranteed, you know? And me not shutting the fuck up is one of them. Death, taxes, and turdy talking. Title. <laughs> totally. Death, taxes, and turdy talking. Because we're always talking about taxes on this show. Hate. I don't feel like we talk about death that much because we could try to be positive queens, but it is just a natural part of life. Yeah, it's the great equalizer. It, it, that's my favorite thing to say, by the way, that death is the great equalizer. Oh, I just like the term the great equalizer. I feel like there are a couple things that are. What great. else? Like, not to go there, but pooping. We all do it. We're all screaming, crying, throwing up, screaming for help, no. totally naked on the toilet not every even once that, in a while. But like, everybody poops. Yeah. And everybody has like those days where they just have like really bad gas and their farts like smell kind of different, you know? Are you having one of those days? I actually was having them in uh, Utah on our trip because something like the altitude they say gives you gas. They call it the altitudes. But like mine were a different breed in terms of fragrance. I have like a crazy question. I hate talking about flatulence. You know mm -hmm. I do. But I this question is something that I've been wondering a little bit. It's like people who live in the altitude. They get adjusted. They adjust. And when they come to like sea levels, when they come no, to New York. I don't think so. Are their farts different? <laughs> No, it's a good question. If you live in like Colorado, Utah, any like mountainous area, drop a comment. What is your flatulence like when you hit the states that aren't like turn? When you hit sea level. Sea level. And then, then do you notice when you go back home, like things are a little crazy? 
right. Whereas right. does it get crazy for you at sea level? Yeah. Are we just like living inverse experiences or you don't have these problems? Let us know. Oh, speaking of let us know, the community is divided, is divided on our conversation from yesterday, which you know what? Makes sense because like we're two rational people. Like we don't just say crazy things. And we were so divided. If I saw something and you saw something and we both really believe that we saw something, it makes sense that fellow rational people would be split as well. We didn't do a poll, but if we had done a poll, like it was legit 50-50 in terms of comments of people who agreed with me, people who agreed with you about whether or not Taylor Swift was upset by the comment. And I'm okay with that. Like I understand why everybody thought something, but I know that I saw something and I stand even more. And I read everyone's comments like, And everyone who claimed that Taylor was mad in their reasoning, like, made me even more fervent in my belief that she wasn't mad. I am still fervent in mine. But are you seeing that the the backlash from Joe Coy's monologue is, like, that he offended Taylor Swift? Like, I saw paparazzi pictures, Joe Coy out and about, you know, uh, not bothered by Taylor Swift drama. Like, it's all about Joe versus Taylor. It's Joe versus Taylor and Joe versus Barbie. No, I didn't even see Joe versus Barbie. By the way, that's why I brought it up yesterday because I feel like it really like makes Taylor like like lo- thinking that she's mad and I really don't think that she's mad. I feel like it makes her look bad. It's like you go to an award show and part of it is like there's a monologue and you're going to be poked fun at. And as long as it's in good fun and it's not mean-spirited, which it wasn't, it's okay. So now it's like Taylor was offended when I don't think that she was. I feel like it's making her look bad. And like the, does, Swifties, the Swifties getting mad on her behalf and like canceling Joe Coy, like calm down. It does make her look bad if she was mad about the comment because it wasn't offensive. It was no. stupid and low-hanging fruit. But it wasn't like mean or below the belt or anything nope. like that. And I'm telling you, I like she's not mad. Like I, I just, I know she's not. Well, we're not going to relitigate it. And we feel how we feel and now we know how everyone else feels. And I guess it's just kind of a great mystery. Yeah. And like this is just one of those situations where it would be so nice if she could just like, you know, send a tweet. But even if she sent a tweet at this point, say she was mad when it came out. And then she sees that being mad about it was, you know, a bad look. She could send a tweet and say, no, I wasn't mad. I was like, like, we'll we'll still never know. We'll still never know how she felt in the moment. Lie, girly. Lie. We'll never know. Wait, also, did you make it a story that TMZ caught up with Timothy Chalamet and he had something to say? No, I didn't. But I was looking for I a just, story that I was going to bring during the I ad break. So just saw it on TikTok on my way uh, to the toast. So that's perfect for you. Oh, thank you so much. Now the stories are complete. Um, what else did I want to talk about? You know, I've been, I've been thinking about this thesis a lot. And I didn't want to share it on the toast till it was like fully formed. Is it formed? No, but I feel like with all the talk about like Taylor and the Barbie movie, like I want to talk about it. Okay. So I'm, I'm seeing this sort of thing being said a lot. I think people have been saying it for many years. I find myself saying it sometimes when it's like when we're criticizing a woman, it's like, you know, well, they would never criticize a man for this. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this TikTok of an in a really old interview that Brittany Broski did. She's a podcaster slash TikToker, very funny girl on TikTok. I think actually I think you would really like her. Um, and she was talking about how like she can't get away with like half the shit that like her male comrades can't can get away with. Like, and I think she was like talking a lot about like the Theo Vaughn types, you know. And it's so true. It's like, you know, if she got canceled, like it would take her three times as long to bounce back as it would just like a male counterpart of hers. And it's so true. Like women can't can't get like can't get away with anything. And and I love this conversation, but I feel like a vital part of this conversation is missing. 
And the part of the conversation is like someone like Theo Vaughn can say something insane. Like maybe there's like a little conversation backlash about it, but it's not going to really derail his career and it's not going to, you know, affect him in, in a real major way. And the reason for that, and I think a lot of people, what we need to really understand about this part of the conversation is like that's happening is because majority of Theo Vaughn's fans are men. Are men. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's a part of the conversation. When people say like uh, this would never happen to a man, I think the part of the conversation they're leaving out that is of utmost importance is that it would never happen to a man because let's say a man is listening to this podcast and a man hears something maybe he doesn't like or he doesn't agree with or he thinks is a little nuts. What's the man going to do? He's either going to turn it off or he's just going to keep listening and move on with his life, go to work, you know, do what do what men do. I don't know what they do. When a woman listens to a podcast and hears something that she doesn't like, what does she do? Does she turn it off? No. Nine times out of ten, she's going to make it her mission to tear this person down, the woman who said that thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to start including, like we need to start taking responsibility for like, what, so why? Why would this not happen to a man? Because men, male audiences are just different. Like if well, they hear, think- they're, not, they're not galvanized. They're not going to start petitions. Like they're not motivated in that way. Yeah, that's not their behavior typically online. And maybe it's not necessarily always a gender thing, but I think you just have to ask the question of like, who is this person's audience? And also like, are they conditioned to hearing things that they find offensive? But if you like build an audience while being like so PC. Yes, that's true also. That's true. And then you want to go off the rails a little bit. Like that audience can be like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Like, that's not who we are. But if you, from day one, like you are yourself and you cultivate an audience who's used to hearing outlandish things, it doesn't make as much noise when you do something. That's true also. Like how you've acted up until this point, like you're conditioning your audience to be receptive to crazy things or not crazy things. That's very true also. I just thought it was really but interesting. But I do think, I saw this yeah, TikTok. like the women are doing the canceling. Right, right. So it's like the women are out here being like, well, this would never happen to a man, but the women are also responsible for that sort of fallout. They are. Yeah. So it needed to be said. Yeah, I didn't know that was like a big conversation that's happening. No, it's it's people always are just saying like, this would never happen to a woman, and it's so true. And then recently, I started thinking, I'm like, well, why? Why would it never happen it's to a man? It's case by case. You need to give me like the exact people and their audiences. No, no, I'm, I'm not thinking about exact people. I'm just thinking about the culture in general. Yeah, but when we think about like those men who it wouldn't happen to, it's like yeah, because they spent their careers like being brash, and maybe that's why they're not somewhere else. Maybe they'd be even right. further, but instead they're doing what they're doing, and they found an audience of people who will tolerate it. Yeah. Totally. Well, thank you for that thought starter on this Tuesday yeah. morning. Just always wanting to, you know, be moving the needle. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't bode well for us because we have an all-female audience. No, I know. And I'm not, like, blaming the toasters. I'm just, like, I'm talking about, but like, in the culture. I actually think we're a great example of, like, uh, at one point having had an audience of... Sensitivos. Sensi- and then you have to cultivate the audience you wish to see in the world. Yeah, totally. So I don't, I don't, it's not always just because of your chromosomes. No, that's true also. But I think something uh, like a relevant uh, example is like what, what Matt Reif is doing. Yeah. Poorly. Yeah. But it's like, is there an example of a women's brand mm-hmm. that has that sort of crazy, crude, brash humor with female audience that tolerates it? Like, I'm sure there are shows that exist maybe on a small level, yeah, but no, not on a big level, like a not in like the top 50 podcast. Right. Like, no. Thirty. Is it us? Are we the renegades? 
Like, no, we're not even that crazy. We sit and talk about Taylor Swift all day. Like, we're not even that crazy. But no, there's not. There's not, to answer your question. And that's the question, I think. Why? Where are they? What? I'll tell you where they are. Like, they can't, they can't do it. They get destroyed before they reach any sort of level of success because women are the, are the cancelers of the internet. Like, female consumers are the ones, you know, emailing brands to be like, you're supporting a podcast that one time said this. Like, have you seen this tweet? Like, women are the one doing that. Men are not doing that. Wow. They can't get out of the gate. It, it makes me want to do something crazy. I know, just for the sake of, like, being that person. Just to say that we can. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I'm onto something with this thesis. I think it's like still a work in progress and I would love to hear anyone's thoughts, but like, and maybe we're forgetting someone who's like a major female show that like says something crazy. No, I think uh, there's a lot of female shows that like not aren't crazy, but like toe the line, you know, are honest, but not offensive. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like Heather McDonald. No, she's not even remotely controversial. Yeah. Like, and the fact that that we're thinking like Theo Vaughn and Heather McDonald, like the two couldn't yeah. be on more different planets. Yeah, no, but there's that's no, what I'm like, saying. Like for women, no, like, you have to be calm. Netflix special that's like the female like Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle. No, 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 exactly. And that's literally the point of what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah, a woman can never get away with this, but why? Because of women. And it's like, and who has tried? That's like the last one to really ever do it. Like is Joan. Roseanne. Roseanne. Kind of like Kathy Griffin, but not really. Not really. Yeah, there's not. And and we, we need to ask ourselves why. We need, never stop asking why. Yeah. I feel like we're getting to the root of something here. I don't know yeah, what so it it's is. A, it's a whip. A work in progress. Okay. Thesis. Well, again, thank you for that thought starter. You're welcome. I haven't really questioned gender dynamics on the internet in a while. Oh my God, it's literally all I think about. That's funny. Oh, and you know what else made me think about this? Oh, I'm so glad you just brought that up. Really, what was the catalyst for this thesis? Mm. Is because when Ben first started his podcast with Josh, I would listen to every single episode because Ben is not, Ben doesn't understand the internet. Like Ben's just a normal guy who like has thoughts and doesn't realize like it could be problematic. So I would like listen to every episode. I was so petrified for Ben. I'm like, you can't say this. You can't say that. And you know, Josh is in the media and Josh like, you know, is very um, media trained and sensitive and he's smart yeah. and he understands like the way the world works. So he wouldn't ever say or put anything out there. And I very slowly stopped listening to their episodes because I'm like, I can't listen to every single and edit every single one of their yeah. episodes for them like another two a week I'm like please like you're on your own you're grown up I gave you the tools here what you do with them is up to you and I would like tune into episodes like months later and they would be saying like kind of crazy stuff nothing nothing and I'm like oh that's interesting that's really what made me start the the journey of of this thesis and this thought process and this line of thinking got it is there anything you want to do about it no 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 I'm just, I want to, like, I think we should all be aware. Like, the next time you're a woman who, and who says something like, well, this would never happen to a man, I want you to sit back and think, like, are you a woman who has torn down another woman for doing something that you don't like or that you don't agree with? Because you are the problem. Yeah. I don't do that. Like, I don't tear down other women. I'm not the problem. Mm -mm. I don't email brands. No, I don't email brands. Even if there's a woman out there who I think is, like, vile, who I hate, like, 
okay, I'll just hate her like from the comfort of my own bedroom. I'm not gonna like write us an essay about right, it. Right, or like, and they have like a brand, like, and that brand is platforming someone who is vile and I hate. Like, right. okay, I just won't shop the brand. Right, I'm not gonna like start a whole thing. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into the stories. Yeah. Without further ado, do, 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 here are the stories that you do, 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 do need to know on this Tuesday. And the, and the stories that you do, 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 do need to know on this Tuesday are brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when to buy tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater, everything near you. They have killer last minute deals. They have all in pricing and views from your seat. Plus their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in pricing shows your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. It's really just like the best app on the planet. Really what I like about it most is that when you buy tickets, especially like buying from like secondhand places these days, you'll buy, find a ticket that's say like $100. Then by the time you check out, it's almost double the price with all the fees and all the things they just like hide from you. Not with game time. Their pricing is all in. So what you see is what you're paying for. They also have deals on tickets right up to start right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals, sponsor tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Toast for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Toast, T-O-A-S-T, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stamps.com. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing that is predictable is that postage will postage costs will go up again in 2024. Stamps.com is giving you crazy discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money for over 25 years. It's your own personal post office wherever you are. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They'll even send you a free scale, so you have to take so you'll have everything you need to get started. You can take care of orders on the go with the Stamps.com mobile app. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through Stamps.com in the dashboard. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. They have crazy discounts and premium supplies at your fingertips. So if you're running low, you can order shipping and mailing supplies like labels, even printers from their supply store. You're getting huge carrier discounts, which are up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates to help your bottom line. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. Your postage partner for over 25 years is Stamps.com. They've been indispensable for over a million businesses where you can get access to the USPS and UPS services that you need right from the palm of your hand anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code TOAST for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts are required. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter code TOAST, that's T O. A-S-T. Thank you, La. You're welcome, Ja. Our first story, the saga continues. Speaking of a Ja and an Ah who are feuding, yep. Jimmy Kimmel calls on Aaron Rodgers to apologize for his Epstein comments during a scorching monologue. 
So Jimmy Kimmel delivered a monologue on his show going in on Aaron Rodgers for what he said about the list. He said, quote, he said I was hoping it wouldn't come out and that he was going to pop a bottle of something to celebrate when he did. And then it did come out. And of course, my name wasn't on it and isn't on it and won't ever be on. He clarified that he didn't know Jeffrey Epstein, claiming they never even met. He said, I'm not on the list. I was not on a plane or an island or anything ever. I suggested that if Aaron wanted to make false and very damaging statements like that, we should do it in court so that he can share his proof with the judge. Judge. So Jimmy said that Aaron may have gone after him for criticizing Aaron in the past. And while Jimmy believes right. that athletes have every right to discuss current events, he said there's a difference between trash talk and spreading disinformation. So well, I watched fo- this 10 minute thing. Okay. Eight minutes. Okay. And I will, I will, I want to give credit to Jimmy Kimmel because he did admit that he started this. Like he, and he actually ran the clip of what he had said that really started this like random feud. Cause I guess a lot of people are like, how the fuck do these two even know each other? So respect there, like for well, owning you, the fact that I he started I was just it. looking up the original um, feud starting comment. Mm-hmm. What did he show? He, he didn't, sh- so he basically, when he like had first mentioned Aaron Rodgers, he basically called him like dumb, called him, um, what did he say? Was it the thing about the vaccine? Say that again. Soft brain. Yeah, it was about the vaccine, but then he like, it wasn't even so much about what Aaron had said about the vaccine. It was like why we shouldn't be trusting Aaron Rodgers. Basically, like he's a moron. Like it was mean spirited. Like he like he was poking. He was poking the bear. The now, heal myself with crystals thing. Did he say that wasn't included sh- in the clip? Okay. Okay. However, so res- honestly, respect for owning the fact that you started this. Like, n- this is why we're talking about you too, and that's why this is going on. Now, I do feel as though, given this, you know, feud, Jimmy Kimmel has been vindicated. Everyone knows that his name was not on the list. Jimmy Kimmel is in an interesting spot, and I really feel like at this point, in, at this juncture, Jimmy Kimmel should shut the fuck up. Because like for, a, and we forget because nobody watches the Jimmy Kimmel show like night after night, but people forget that like Jimmy Kimmel gets on his show and for the first 15 minutes, like he just makes fun of people and it's, yeah, it's in good fun, yada, yada. But like he makes fun of people on this huge network, on this huge platform. And there's really never any like backlash or kind of fallout from that, mostly because I don't think really anyone watches his show. But like, that's what you do for a living. And like somebody said something about you one time and like you're making a federal case out of it, like grow up. Yeah. Like, come on. And I don't know. It's just like not a good look. Like, and it's mostly because like these two couldn't be more different politically. But like, it's just not a good look. It's giving very much like shut up and sing. Shut up and dribble. You know, like. Oh, like that Aaron doesn't have a right to have an opinion about Because he went because... to community college and he's an athlete. It was so like really condescending and derogatory, that whole community college thing. Yeah. And very elitist. Also, Jimmy's whole thing was like, you know, when we make a mistake, like we apologize and that Aaron should apologize to him. But I also think if you look back at the origin of their feud and the whole Aaron Rodgers drama to begin with, when he said like he was immunized, but he didn't have the vaccine. He had just had COVID. Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. Okay, so wait, say that again. So when the NFL was like mandating that players get the Mm -hmm. vaccine and Aaron Rodgers refused to get it, he said that he was already immunized because he had already had COVID and he had natural immunity antibodies and at the time that was not enough for people and they Mm -hmm. wanted him to still get the vaccine but we have since learned that natural immunity is more preventative against covid than the vaccine was so got it so he wasn't lying he wasn't lying 
time has proven him to be right. So if I were Jimmy Kimmel, I would stop bringing it up. And if you want people to apologize for when they were wrong, well, Jimmy, you were wrong about that. No, and also, like, are we seriously talking about COVID right now? Like, grow up. Like, move on. I have moved on. Like, we have all blocked out those horrendous years. Like, no, And the people who were, like, policing vaccinations should just, like, quietly sit totally, down and totally, shut up. Totally, and not totally. keep bringing it up because, like, you were not right no 1000 percent. and your behavior was wrong and jimmy kibble's really just like not in a position to be like like the moral high ground on like shit talking when it's literally what you do for a living you know like you poke fun at so many people all the time and it's like no, and then someone pokes fun at you and it's like well it's not poking fun it's disinformation it's no like, and like okay, we're taking down. this to court like calm down and again he didn't say jimmy's on the list he said jimmy will be nervous Jimmy doesn't want the list to come out, which as we stated yesterday, like, of course, that's shit talking and it makes you think, oh, Jimmy's on the list. But, but in a court of law, other things in a court of law. And as we talked about last week, 170 people were on the list or was it a thousand? No, it was in, no, not even uh, to say on the list. Like it makes it seem like there's a list and here are the pedophiles. Right. Names in the docs. Yeah, right, and, right, right. A lot of those names were nothing burgers. It was like, did you meet this person? No. Okay, right, like but you're, Beyonce now name is and Jay-Z were uh, in the docs. Kate Blanchett was in the right. doc. Leonardo DiCaprio was in the doc. Like, just because you're in the doc, of course, doesn't mean you're a pedophile. But now, you know, you can also, you know, be on the list and be a pedophile. I just think that's worth mentioning. Um, but this feud is just so, first of all, random. Second of all, what I now that I've act now that I'm invested in this feud and I've learned all this information against my will, I've learned that Jimmy Kimmel started this. Jimmy Kimmel really, now that I'm like thinking about Jimmy Kimmel and his career and like, you know, his place in culture, really doesn't have a leg to stand on, like to be mad at someone for saying something on a show about him when he gets up every day and like says stuff about people on his show. Like that's what he does for a living. Like that would like it's just it's just not right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. He's kind of cementing the weenie of the week. Yeah. Yeah. If well, let's, just see, let's see if Ann Rogers responds. Also, to give your entire monologue to, like, this one throwaway comment that Aaron made, and you already, like, dispelled it on Twitter and, like, went full force. No, Jackie, I'm telling you, Jimmy Kimmel has made this such a big... When the original sin of Aaron Rodgers was actually, like, he's been vindicated. Jackie, we have not spoken about Jimmy Kimmel, like, in depth, probably ever on this show. I don't think about Jimmy Kimmel. I don't think most people do. He's just, like, kind of a fixture in culture. Industry plant, yeah. Yeah, industry plant. So... The fact that this is such a big story is only because Jimmy Kimmel responded. Have we ever, like, who the hell cares? Jimmy, I mean, Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show a hundred times a week. Like, he's, like, they're always just, like, talking about stuff. It never becomes newsworthy. It wasn't even newsworthy when he said it. Jimmy Kimmel responding made it newsworthy. So now we're all talking about Jimmy Kimmel and pedophilia. We weren't talking about it before. Right. And the documents came out and Jimmy Kimmel wasn't on. He could have right. just let the evidence speak for itself. Right. But no, now here we are, like... Every sentence is Jimmy Kimmel ex pedophilia. No, and we're relitigating the entire fight and, and looking back at the origins, and, and Jimmy's not looking great. No, he's not. So he maybe now maybe he'll stop. But I don't maybe. know. Now does Aaron say something? Right. I honestly think if if anyone can get this message to Aaron, like I think Aaron shouldn't respond because like leaving Jimmy Kimmel with this like dick hanging out, he did a ten minute monologue on his like major network show about Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers just, like, doesn't respond, I, I think that'll be for the best. 
I think he should respond. And I I'm not even going to tell him what to say because I'm sure he has a fire flames response on his own. Also, Jimmy Kimmel ended his monologue with another joke about like two A's. Because remember when he tweeted about yeah. Aaron Rodgers, he called him an asshole, like two A's in Aaron, two A's in asshole. Like I actually thought that was funny. He did it again. And it's like, okay. The one that that his grades in college, he got two A's and they were There were in his only name. two A's on Aaron's report card and they were both in his name. He's basically calling him dumb, saying he went to community college, he didn't graduate college, which is such a um, condescending and bad look. Like everything, like it's a terror. Like it, it was at the very top of the monologue, and after after like after that, I really wasn't going to be on Jimmy Kimmel's side. Like I, I listened in good faith. Like I opened the monologue with open ears, like to hear what he was saying, and he just he came off like a, a an elitist asshole. Yeah, I look forward to a response. Yeah, we'll see. The saga is so like so dumb and crazy. Yeah, are you ready for our next story? Someone else who's responding. Oh my god! Yeah. Timothy Chalamet oh. says is there's no drama between Kylie and Selena. Everyone's all good. So Timothy ran into TMZ out and about in LA as Trudy let us know. He was walking around Beverly Hills on Monday night trying to lay low with his hood on. Uh, but a TMZ photo spotted him and attempted to, attempted to chat him up about all things Golden Globe. They asked if the rumors that his girlfriend Kylie denied Selena a photo of him and her were true. And after a lot of playful back and forth, he said it's BS. So... Wait, the crazy thing about this video, if you watch the whole thing, is that this photographer is standing outside of a, an institution waiting for someone else. She is waiting for, I think his name is DDG, the guy that Halle Bailey just had a baby with. So she, upon great fortune, this photographer happens to be there at the same time Timothy Chalamet is leaving this, this facility. She cannot believe her luck. She starts chasing him down the street. And he's like, how did you find me? And she's like, oh my God, I was waiting outside this building for DDG. He goes, who is that? It's like the craziest saga. And she keeps asking him questions about, did you know Kylie deny Selena a photo? Is there any beef between Kylie and Selena? And he is not responding. But eventually, at the very end of the video, he said like this whole thing. When asked the question, do Kylie and Selena have beef? He said, no, this is BS. Now, I believe it's BS. Because I don't believe Kylie would like deny a photo. Like it's just weird, especially in like a public place where people could see that. However, I think we're all forgetting about Eyebrowgate. Well, I just want to say one thing because we had a lot of disagreements yesterday. But one thing that I'm now on your side on is I had seen more of the video. And I do agree with you that Selena was telling the girls that she asked to get a picture with Timothy. And Kylie said no. And then Kelly said with Timothy about a picture. And now, even though he just debunked it, I believe more than ever, like there was a picture that was attempted. But I do think I don't know. I by the way, what I said yesterday was that Kelly Terry Terry Speller tell it. Kerry, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Sperry Teller, one hundred percent said with Timothy. Of course, but what I about don't Timothy? know what Selena said. I think it was about a picture, but I don't think it was like Selena wanted a selfie with Timothy that Kylie said no to. I think. They, she wanted to take like a group picture with the photographer because there were a lot of pictures of Selena with celebrities. And I just want to say, like, if Kylie Jenner hates Selena Gomez, sorry, she has every right to based on eyelash brow Haley Bieber gate. And first of all, Haley Bieber is like a lifelong family friend of the Kardashians. And I'm sorry, like Selena Gomez has been horrible. Her, no. And her, she has like encouraged really sort of toxic fan behavior, not helped really at all. And I'm sorry, she if they is hate like her. the villain of... Haley's of Haley's life. life. If they hate her, sorry, they're allowed to. And we're not taking a picture with you. No, I completely agree. 
So that to me, I understand why Selena wanted a picture. And by with, the way, Selena has never like outright done anything like to be like, fuck Haley. So I could see her going over there and being like, what's wrong? Like I didn't do anything. Like let's take a picture of Kylie. And like literally Eyebrowgate, which was less than a year ago, which was so nuts and really sent so much negativity and toxicity and hatred towards Haley and Kylie's way for no fucking reason. Sorry, she has every right to say no. Yeah, I agree. I would but say But I don't think she said no. I just want to say Oh, I think she did. I think she did. I think Kylie wanted a picture with, you know, rainy day in New York. I mean, Selena did and Kylie would be in it because her and Timothy are attached to the hip and it would be a group photo. And Kylie said, no, like I'm not, like that picture would be everywhere. That would hurt Haley's feelings. That would like look like Kylie endorses this behavior. No, no picture. With Timothy? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So Timothy's saying it's all BS, but he could be saying that about like, any part of the beef. No, but he's going to protect, in the words of Gypsy Rose, like, that's his queen, you know? And she's just yeah. being herself. And, <laughs> and like, he's going to, you know, lie and protect if that's the case. And I think that's fine. Yeah. So I'm obsessed I, with those two. But I have come to the realization that that's what she was saying, Selena. About oh, so you're, you're fully believe. Yeah. I'm not totally convinced. I, I definitely think they were talking shit about, like, Something with Ty Kylie and Timothy. Right. What else? I, I guess, know. why do people think it's a picture though? But I feel like Selena like got a lot of pics with people I guess. at the event. Like I've been just seeing her like in a lot of pictures. But by the way, there was so much camera footage, so much everything. Like wouldn't we see something of like Selena going over there? Like I didn't see her even near that table. I don't know. There's so many tables and there's like not enough cameras. No, I know. I don't know. Anyways, Timothy says it's all good. It's not all good. It's not. But thanks for like trying, Timothy. Yeah, but thanks for trying. But I just, want, I just want you to know, like, if you and Kylie did say no, like, you have every right to. Like, based on, like, you can't just act however you want and then, like, think there are no repercussions. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you and this crate and your fans, like, really were nuts. And sorry, maybe you're not going to get a picture because of it. Yeah. Our next story, we have a behind-the-scenes exclusive from our reporter, Turdy Lou, on the ground at the Mean mm. Girls New York City premiere. Red carpet was last night. Lindsay Lohan showed up. Everyone was shook. But it was star-studded. The stars of the movie, old and new, the influencers came out. The music, because they made like a bunch of original music. Meg Thee Stallion was there. I think Billie Eilish was there, no? Uh, Maybe I made that up, actually. I didn't see her yet. But no, Lindsay Lohan, Meg Thee Stallion, Renee Rapp, Busy Phillips, because she play Re Regina's mom. Yeah, okay, can we talk about Mean Girls? Because like, I'm actually really excited to see it. And last night was the premiere, and I did go, and there was a screening. My book club was meeting, so I couldn't stay for the actual movie. And also, I didn't want to watch a movie like that I'm excited to see in a dress and heels in full glam. Like, I like to go to the movies like looking like a rat, so that's what I will be doing. Um, so I didn't see the movie, which I'm sorry, like... That would be so much more interesting if I could like talk about the movie. Um, but I am really excited to see the movie. I think there's a lot of really great things about the movie. Like I think Renee Rapp is a perfect cast. I'm excited that it's a musical. I love that Tina Fey is in it. I believe Lindsay Lohan is the guidance counselor. Oh no, that was in the Walmart thing. I'm, I'm conflating the two also. I, actually, maybe Lindsay Lohan's not in it. Whatever. But I do want to say like I do think a miscast and it's not fair because I haven't seen it yet. But like I don't think Busy Phillips is a good Amy Poehler. And I think that's like a really important role. And I think they could have done better. I'm sorry. Wait till you see it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I'll I, reserve judgment. Yeah. But like um, the clips the clips that I've seen, it's just like, it's cringe. Yeah. I feel like this movie kind of came out in stealth mode, which I appreciate. Like all of a sudden it's here. It's like they announced about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Bus club, another club premiere. 
It's out on the 12th in three days. And I like that. I just like, I hope people don't miss it. But I guess I'm not like the most plugged. I don't turn on my TV, so I don't see commercials. I'm not on TikTok, so I don't see like ads. So maybe everyone else knows about it. I will say it's not everywhere. Yeah. And they're not really advertising that it's a musical because apparently people don't like musicals. So they want to get people in the theater and then like surprise them with the fact that it's a musical. So this promo and this marketing strategy for Mean Girls has kind of blown open this sort of like open secret in Hollywood is that like when you have a musical, um, you don't market musicals as musicals unless it's like undeniably a musical like Hairspray, you know? they don't market it as musicals because you're kind of, it's not that people don't like musicals. It's just that musicals have a very sort of niche audience. And when you market something as a musical, you're really only going to market towards those people. Whereas this movie is, first of all, it's universal. Like everyone can see themselves in this movie. Like Mean Girls is a timeless story. And if you were to market as a musical, you'd be pigeonholing yourself. And I understand why they didn't. Yeah, but it's But it's going to be shocking for some people. (laughs) It's going to be shocking. When Renee Rapp is sitting at the table and she's like, Whoa, whoa, yeah. Like, what? I really want to see this. Me too. And I think it'll be like a fun outing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to the theater. So did you see anything on the carpet that you need to report back? No, but I did see the girl who invented. When, you know, no words to the best song. Oh, gosh. Sing along. Did you talk Sing to her? Sing along. No, I was like kind of nervous. And she like, like, she didn't look like she wanted to talk to me. That's classic dirty. Yeah, but do you want to play? No. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Oh, no. What story? Four. Oh, my God. No, I'm not ready. Stop. Stop. Pause. Pause. Cut. Okay. Okay. Action. The fourth and fifth story are brought to you by Framebridge. They make it easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. They are fast, they ship your finished frame directly to your house in days, and their pricing is fair and transparent. It's based simply upon the size of your piece, so you know exactly what you're going to pay up front. The framing industry has got to go. It is so archaic. Like, you literally take your diploma to the framing store, which is, like, so annoying to have to, like, bring something in. And it's, like, $1,000 for something halfway decent. It's insane. Framebridge is one of those things I wish I thought of myself. Yeah, I just ordered something from Framebridge and I, it'd been a few, a bit of a while since I did it. And I was so impressed once again with the ease of it. You just upload your photo. You can pick from any frame, every color, every type of texture. And that's what's texture. great. Like so many of our photos are digital. Right. So you no, just upload. We just took family photos. So I wanted to get one of them framed. And oh, also cute. what was so nice is they show you what the photo is going to look like in any sort of frame. So you don't have to imagine, oh, does this frame, you, so usually at the frame store, they give you a corner and you're like, oh, does it match my picture? In the corner. You see, you see the whole frame and the options, like I had so many options and frames that I never would have thought would work with the photo wound up being best. Usually I would have gone with like a white frame if I couldn't see what it would look like, but the white yep. was not the best option. No, also, like, yeah, you can get something framed, but what they have that I think is really unique is they have a popular line of curated gallery walls. So you can, like, you know how gallery walls are like, so cool, but like, yeah. who knows how to put that together? They'll do it all for you. It's so great. It's so easy. And you can visit framebridge.com to custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge, B-R-I-D-G-E dot com. They have a happiness guarantee. If you're not 100% happy with your piece for any reason, they will make it right. Today's episode is also brought to you about by ExpressVPN. You know when you're searching for something on Netflix and you only get a fraction of what Netflix actually has to offer. They have more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the U.S. You are missing out on thousands of great shows unless you're using ExpressVPN, an app that lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have over 100 different locations so you can gain access to thousands of new shows no 
matter where you live. This player works with many other streaming services too, like Disney Plus, Hulu, Max, BBC iPlayer, which is normally only available in the UK. Okay, let me tell you about a time I used ExpressVPN. That was a really important life-changing day. When I was in the British Virgin Islands, it was the same day that Harry and Meghan did their Oprah interview. Now, you would think, like, Royals, I'm in British Virgin... No, it was only in the US, because Oprah, I forget what channel it was on, like CBS or something. Uh, not me sitting on the beach using ExpressVPN, like, watching... Probably the only person in the British Virgin Islands, in Virgin Gorda, to be watching Harry and Meghan on Oprah. I could do that because of ExpressVPN. A lot of people use ExpressVPN for Love Island UK because Love, Love, Love Island US, no offense, kind of stings. And Love Island UK is like an amazing show. You can do that too with ExpressVPN. Don't be missing out on all the premium content because your Wi-Fi is like screwing you up. Check out ExpressVPN. It's super fast. It can work on any device. It encrypts your data. So stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of shows with ExpressVPN. We get them... We got them to give you guys three extra months for free when you use our special link. So go to expressvpn.com slash the toast. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash the toast to get three extra months completely free. Thank you, La. I'm so hungry. What are you having for lunch? Sakara. Oh, right. Oh, but I don't know what like my meat, my lunch meal is. It's always, it's mm. usually a bomb salad, which is all I ever really want for lunch, even if I'm not doing Sakara. And that's why I like Sakara because it's like a nice juicy salad. That's nice. I know it doesn't sound that appetizing, but if you're a salad lover, salad. I actually really like salad. Are you a salad lover? I am. Like, even if I don't have to be eating a salad, I like a salad. There's so much you could do with it. Dress it up, dress it down. That's crazy. Like, I tolerate salads these days. I don't love them. Especially when I'm pregnant. Like, I really just crave, like, a fresh, juicy salad. I'm so hungry. What are you going to have for lunch? I'm torn. I'm torn. So there are two places by the studio that two I like. Roads, everybody, diversion yeah. path. Everybody knows Turdy's Warm Bowls. Two paths, diversion, or wood. Turdy's Warm Bowls, but there's also a place I like to get a wrap from. I don't do it all the time. Yesterday I did it. It was disgusting. I kept like having to spit out the lettuce. It tasted like there was plastic Oh, I know in there. where like, you get your wrap from. They kind of have quality control. You never know if you're going to find a finger. So like the fuck, now I'm like, I really do want the wrap. I got to go to Lenny's, Lenwich. They have the best wraps. Go to Lenwich. There's like not one near me. There's one nearish. Maybe I could order. There's one. Yeah, you could order. Why don't you place it now? Maybe. Because I'm just not sure. Like, I'm just not sure. I didn't have breakfast. I'm really hungry. I feel like I'm going to faint. I didn't get a chance to eat my breakfast yet either. So I get to eat my Sakara breakfast and lunch together. Super full. Uh, like a big part of my health journey has been eating breakfast. I never used to eat breakfast. And I know you're going to say like eating more is your I wasn't going to say that. Like, no. Breakfast is really the most important meal of the day. It really is. It gets your metabolism started. Like you can't really start your metabolism and like burning calories until you stoke it with breakfast. No, and today was just like kind of busy in the morning because you had like this, you had a doctor's appointment. We thought we were going to move the time. Like, so I was just like kind of like mulling about. I didn't like start my day. And then I was like, oh shit, I got to get dressed and run to the studio. So usually I'll have, a, a lot of people suggested, because uh, I was looking for protein bars and a lot of people suggested Bear Bell and... I have been eating them, and I just want to say it was a good suggestion. Thank you so much. Oh, nice. You know I love my Goma Crows. Yeah, Goma Crows, good. Protein, I mean, not per- protein, perfect bar is also good. Yeah. I sometimes have a banana. Sometimes I have Cheerios and yogurt. I've been, like, really getting into breakfast. Breakfast is hard for me because I don't like eggs. Okay. You know what I usually eat for breakfast that's very filling? Mm. Oatmeal. Oatmeal. Also, don't like oatmeal. Love cream of wheat. I feel like oatmeal is a little heartier. It is. Cream of wheat is so good, but like you like you need to have 10 pack packets before you feel full. Yeah, it's just like a liquid. Oatmeal's yeah, got... Yeah, but it's so... Like putting it's it in like a density. big mug. 
putting cream of wheat in a big mug and like wearing a cardigan is like mm, like it's so cozy you gotta have that dense oatmeal i need to get cream of wheat for my house i need to write that down okay i'm sorry what was the fourth story Raquel Levis is blasting Tom Sandoval for playing the victim on Post Scandoval podcast. So Raquel, which we didn't even mention, came out with a podcast of her own called Rachel Goes Rogue. Well, she released a trailer and like the artwork like a month ago. And now she's talking about Tom doing an interview on two teas in a pod. And she said. He did? Yeah. Oh. She said, I know that he's really trying to milk the victim role to make himself look better, I think. But in reality, it's making him look worse. She accused him of playing the offensive after finding out that she was releasing her own podcast to share her side of the story. She shared her unfiltered opinion after a clip from his recent appearance on Two Teas in a Pod was played. In the short video, he claimed he was fully in love with Raquel and said it was very heartbreaking that they no longer have a relationship. She admitted that she already listened to the interview maybe five times and made her sick to her stomach. Quote, I've never had this... Oops, hold on. I've never had this physical reaction before, but I felt like I was going to be sick because his voice repulsed me. And I'm like, okay, this is a good sign, she continued. She confessed that hearing him say he missed her and loved her was vindicating, but she still felt like he was victim blaming. It seemed like he really did a flip on me and he really threw me under the bus and he was okay with it. And it seemed like he was doing a lot of victim blaming and not taking accountability and owning up and maybe standing up for me a little bit. She added that if he really did love me, then he probably would not say something like that. So yeah, she did this podcast. She talked a lot about Tom. She also talked a lot about the dog saying like, you know, standing by that like the dog had a lot of behavioral issues. And then James like was posting on Instagram yesterday being like, the dog is fine. Um, And it's just kind of crazy how like Raquel's really the only person we haven't heard from. And I think her perspective is probably the most unique and the most um, like she will have the most to say. Yeah. And also like Tom Sandoval is a bold faced liar. Yeah. So whatever. I don't know what about like hearing her snippets of the podcast, like kind of did nothing for me it's like either like scandal is just truly over like it, it, it and I think it is or it's just like I've lost flavor for this story like I didn't care to hear Raquel when this whole time like the only person who I really did want to hear from was Raquel yeah I agree with the rollout of her response just kind of took any sort of interest away like first she went on first she was MIA then mm-hmm. she did Bethany's podcast oh yeah that was a bad call yeah And now she has a podcast of her own, which also doesn't really sit right with me because like, if you're going to be a podcaster, then you should go back on Vanderpump Rules because like the two go hand in hand. It will be good for your podcast and you're still going to be in the public eye. So uh, you don't have to worry about like the mental health consequences of being on the show because you're still choosing to be in the public eye. So, and it's good for your podcast to be on a reality show. Yep. So... I was glad when she wasn't going back to Vanderpump Rules because I was like, oh, she's going to live a more private life and focus on herself. And, and I think the taste of fame, you know, she, it wasn't what was best for her. And she really right. needs like to take a step back. So now she's just taken half a step back and I don't get it. Yeah, no, I don't think there's been like a lot of thoughtful strategy put into like her quote unquote comeback or her reaction to all this. I think it's actually been very like human. I think she's like taken her time and, you know, thought what, is doing what she thinks is best, not returning to the show, but like still remaining someone. Like, I think she's really just like, she's not planning this in any sort of like strategic or meticulous way. She's just like doing what she thinks is best. Um, But I, at this point, like I'm, 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 I'm settled like with Scandal. Like like, I'm fine. Yeah. At least until the show comes back. But yeah, I agree. She's not being strategic, nor does she need to be or should be. But if you're going to have a podcast then yeah, you need some strategy. You need PR, you need Mm -hmm. listeners. Like, so it's, you know, you got to jump in with both feet or not. Yeah, agreed. Or not. So, or not. Yeah, I was hoping for the or not route. Yeah, I think it would just be best for her. 
Our fifth and final story, a little throwback. Okay. Are you ready to be thrown back? To the Spice Girls days, because Spice Girls Mel B says um, she's staying mum on the meaning of zigzag ah lyric from the song Wannabe. She said it's a group secret. So during oh, an, I never thought it meant anything. Me neither. But during an interview on Monday's episode of Today with Hoda and Jenna, she was asked to explain the gibberish lyric from the Spice Girls signature hit Wannabe and chose to keep its meaning to herself, claiming it's a group secret. She co-wrote the chart-topping song with her fellow Spice Girls members as well as producers, and those are the only people she wants to know the meaning of zigzag. ah. Well, like, I'm annoyed because I never used to sit and wonder if it meant something. I just assumed it was, like, like music things. Yeah, like, like you just, just beats. You know, like, I never thought it meant anything. Now that I know, it does, like, now I need to know. She said, it's a group secret, but you can make of it what you want. I made up that word, and I can't tell you. If I do, I will have to kill you. And we don't want to do that. We love you both. Speaking of Spice Girls, I just saw um, Victoria Beckham posting, like, a lovely tribute to Nicola Peltz for her birthday La on Terre the beach. I thought about making it a story, but it's not enough of a story just to say that Victoria no. Beckham and her daughter-in-law are really getting it all along now. By the way, for other people, like, it's not a story. But for these two, like, I am so enamored. I am obsessed. Like, it was a perfect storm of, like, their wedding, Nicola and Brooklyn, becoming, like, this big thing. Then also the... Beckham documentary and people becoming obsessed with Victoria and David. Like, these last couple of years have just been really good for the Beckham family. Like, I'm obsessed. I need a Beckham family reality show. So, I'm sorry. Like, it is enough of a story for me. No, it's enough Especially of a story for me. Especially because of what we've, we've been talking for years about these two feuding. These two have been feuding. Like, Brooklyn was so on the outs with his family. Yep. He yep. married this you girl. You cannot that, tell me no, otherwise. No, no, he was. Like, you could see it. Because the way that they're posting now, they weren't posting then. Yep. There was a vacuum. And I'm sorry, like, I do think it's rude that, and maybe, maybe it's not, but like, I think she should have worn something Victoria Beckham to her wedding. Like, I do. Right, but we don't know that that wasn't Victoria being like, I'm not dressing you, wench. So true. Oh, my God. We don't know, like, where the discord started, but there were a few years where, like, Brooklyn was not always seen with his family or, like, with Nicola. There wasn't harmony. And now yeah. there is harmony up the wazoo. I don't Trips, know. I feel speech. like they just had a family meeting and they were like tabula rasa. Yeah. Let's try this again. Because they are like a really close family. And it was sad when Brooklyn like loves his wife so much, but they're not with the rest of the family who are always together and very loving. And the parents are very loving. And like, it's like, why would Brooklyn have fallen out from that? 1000%. It was sad. Knowing like that this is what it could have been like, like me, n- Seeing how they're acting now makes me even more resolute that, like, there was something wrong before. Of course. No, no, no. I don't feel the need to prove that there was something wrong before. Like, it's all, the evidence is there. And listen, they're human beings. Planning a wedding is stressful. Like, your families are gonna butt heads. Like, it's it's normal. And the fact that they've bounced back in kind of a quick turnaround, I'm happy for them. I'm very happy for them. It looks like Nicola and Victoria are really getting along. And when you get down to brass tacks, they are very similar. No, boys always marry girls who remind them of their mothers. Like, it's so true. And these two are a perfect example of that. They're just, like, fashionistas. Like, they're they're so similar. Yeah. No, they look alike. They're extremely posh. Yep. 
And I love, I, like, I'm obsessed with Nicola. She's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. I agree. And she's always posting a lot of good content. Like she uses her digital camera. She yep. takes quality photos. She yep. dresses nice. She yep. shows us her life. It's good. A little lip gloss, a little lipstick. Thank you. Yeah. And um, for me, it's enough for her to just be like an influencer. Of course, yeah. she's also an actress and director, producer. Mm-hmm. She has her new film coming out, which she's mm-hmm. also promoting. But I like the beach pics with the family. Me too. And Christmas at Grandma's. Yeah. And like a lot of Selena Gomez. Oh, yeah. She's like a, I, I feel like the term third wheel is like derogatory, but like she's like always hanging out with them. I've never heard that's derogatory. I mean, it, it is. Just, it makes the person sound like a loser. So, um, <laughs> um, maybe that's what Selena was trying to do with Kylie and Timothee. Yeah. Become like the new, even though, Selena has a boyfriend now. She posted a lot of pictures with Benny. She Benito. did. Why wasn't he there? I don't know. I'm sure she got a plus one. Yeah, if she wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, mm. but they did post like a lot of smooching pics. Yeah, yeah. So those are the fast five stories. Feels though you needed to know them. I cannot wait to wrap the show up because I've literally, I'm a bottomless pit of hunger. Like I've never been so hungry in my life. Oh, and speaking of hunger, right after this, I'm recording a solo pod, which I like kind of never do, but I always like want to do just to like try it out. You know, it's like really hard. That's not what you said. She said she wanted to brush up on her solo podcasting skills. Because I'm leaving Jackie for my own show. Why turn? Like, why do you need to brush up on that? Because you know what? There's just like something you want to prove to yourself that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a challenge for for an artist, like for someone who does this for a craft, like it's an extremely, I would say it's like a top tier level thing that only like certain podcasters can do. And I've done it maybe twice when you were on maternity leave the first time I did uh, my smut books one, like I've done like two or three always on Patreon because I feel like that's where I can just sort of like express myself in an honest way. And I had been asked to do a part two about Ozempic. So I'm going to do that. And I don't really need you for that, you know? So I feel like what's a better episode than to brush up on my skills? Maybe you want to do one too. Yeah, I guess it would be really convenient if both of us were proficient in solo podcasting. Because that's not why people tune in. They tune in for the the girlies. Oh, they turn they tune in for this song and dance. Yeah, but every now and then, like, and I do want to brush up on my skills. I want to try it. And I have a lot to say about Ozempic. So, and um, when it's a question and answer, it's very easy to do it by yourself. Right. But no, because imagine like every time someone couldn't do it, it was like no different to just do it by yourself. But that's not how it works around here. Right. Just imagine. Right. So I'm going to be doing that today. So make sure to tune into the Patreon for that. And we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? How about you? Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast and the Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We are also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. Wherever you listen to podcasts, find us a Toast, leave a five-star review about a beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day. Love ya, and we'll see you tomorrow. Love Bye-bye. ya. Bye.